Chapter Nineteen of *The Nest of the Sparrowhawk* by Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Disgrace. Seagrave too had been silent. Of course, in his mind there was neither suspense nor calm. It was utter, dull, and blank despair which assailed him the ruin of his fondest hopes an awful abyss of disgrace of punishment of death at best which seemed to yawn before him from the other side of the baize-covered table instinct that ever-present instinct of self-control peculiar to the gently bred race of mankind caused him to make frantic efforts to keep himself and his nerves in check he would even at this moment of complete ruin have given the last shreds of his worldly possessions to be able to steady the febrile movements of his hand the pack of cards was on the table just as endicott had put it down after dealing with the exception of the queen of hearts in front of seagrave and the lucky king of diamonds on which lambert was still mechanically gazing he was undoubtedly moved by the desire to hide the trembling of his hands and the gathering tears in his eyes when he began idly to scatter the pack upon the table spreading out the cards fingering them one by one setting his teeth the while lest that latent cry of misery should force its way across his lips suddenly he paused in this idle fingering of the cards his eyes which already were burning with hot tears seemed to take on an almost savage glitter a hoarse cry escaped his parched lips in the name of heaven master seagrave what ails you cried endicott with well-feigned concern seagrave's hand wandered mechanically to his own neck he tugged at the fastening of his lace collar as if in truth he were choking the king the king of diamonds he murmured in a hollow voice two two kings of diamonds he laughed a long harsh laugh the laugh of a maniac or of a man possessed whilst one long thin finger pointed tremblingly to the card still held by richard lambert and then to its counterpart in the midst of the scattered pack that laugh seemed to echo all round the room dames and cavaliers players and idlers looked up to see whence that weird sound had come instinctively the crowd drew nigh dice and cards were pushed aside some strange drama was being enacted between two young men more interesting even than the caprices of fortune but already endicott and also sir marmaduke de chavas had followed the beckonings of seagrave's feverish hand there could be no mistake in what they saw nor yet in the ominous consequences 
which it foretold there was a king of diamonds in the scattered pack of cards upon the table and yet the card which lambert held in consequence of which he had just won two hundred pounds was also the king of diamonds two kings of diamonds by all that's damnable quoth lord walterton who had been the first to draw nigh but in heaven's name what does it all mean exclaimed lambert gazing at the two cards hearing the comments round him yet utterly unable to understand seagrave jumped to his feet it means young man he ejaculated in a wild state of frenzy maddened by his losses his former crime his present ruin it means that you are a damned thief and with frantic excited gesture he gathered up the cards and threw them violently into richard lambert's face a curious sound went round the room a gasp hardly a cry and all those present held their breath silent appalled at the terrible tragedy expressed by these two young men standing face to face on the brink of a deathly and almost blasphemous conflict mistress endicott was the first to utter a cry silence silence she shouted shrilly master seagrave i adjure you to be silent i'll not permit you to insult my guest already lambert had made a quick movement to throw himself on seagrave the elemental instinct of self-defence of avenging a terrible insult by physical violence rose within him whispering of strength and power of the freedom muscle-giving life of the country as against the enervating weakening influence of the town he knew that in a hand-to-hand -hand struggle with the feverish emaciated townsman he the country-bred lad the haunter of woods and cliffs the dweller of the thanet smithy would be more than a match for his opponent but even as his whole body stiffened for a spring his muscles tightened and his fists clenched a dozen restraining hands held him back from his purpose whilst mistress endicott's shrill tones seemed to bring him back to the realities of his own peril mistress endicott he said turning a proud yet imploring look to the lady whose virtues had been so loudly proclaimed in his ears madam i appeal to you i implore you to listen a frightful insult which you have witnessed an awful accusation on which i scarce can trust myself to dwell has been hurled at me i entreat you to allow me to challenge these two gentlemen to explain and he pointed both to seagrave and to endicott the former after his mad outburst of ungovernable rage had regained a certain measure of calm he stood facing lambert with arms folded across his chest whilst a smile of insulting irony curled his thin lips endicott's eyes seemed to be riveted on lambert's breast at mention of his own name 
he suddenly darted forward and seemed to be plunging his hand the hand which almost disappeared within the ample folds of the voluminous lace cuff into the breast pocket of the young man's doublet his movements were so quick so sure and so unexpected that no one least of all lambert could possibly guess what was his purpose the next moment less than a second later he had again withdrawn his hands but now every one could see that he held a few cards in it these he dropped with an exclamation of loathing and contempt upon the table whilst those around instinctively drew back a step or two as if fearful of coming in contact with something impure and terrible endicott's movements his quick gestures well aided by the wide lace cuffs which fell over his hand his exclamation of contempt had all contributed to make it seem before the spectators as if he had found a few winning cards secreted inside the lining of richard lambert's doublet nay young sir he said with an evil sneer meseems that explanations had best come from you here he added pointing significantly at the cards which he had just dropped out of his own hand here is a vastly pleasing collection aces and kings passing serviceable in a quiet game of primero among friends lambert had been momentarily dumbfounded for undoubtedly he had not perceived endicott's treacherous movements and had absolutely no idea whence had come those awful cards which somehow or other seemed to be convicting him of lying and cheating so conscious was he of his own innocence that never for a moment did the slightest fear cross his mind that he could not immediately make clear his own position and proclaim his own integrity this is an infamous plot he said calmly but very firmly sir marmaduke de chavasse he added turning to face his employer who still stood motionless and silent in the background in the name of heaven i beg of you to explain to these gentlemen that you have known me from boyhood will you speak he added insistently conscious of a strange tightening of his heart-strings as the man on whom he relied remained impassive and made no movement to come to his help will you tell them i pray you sir that you know me to be a man of honour incapable of such villainy as they suggest you know that i did not even wish to play that reluctance of yours my good lambert seems to have made a pretty comedy forsooth replied sir marmaduke lightly and you played to some purpose meseems when you once began nay i pray you he added with unmitigated harshness do not drag me into your quarrels i cannot of a truth champion your virtue lambert's cheeks became deathly pale the first inkling of the deadly peril of his own situation had suddenly come to him with sir marmaduke's callous words it seemed to him 
as if the very universe must stand still in the face of such treachery the man whom he loved with all the fervour of a grateful nature the man who knew him and whom he had wholly trusted was proving his most bitter most damning enemy after sir marmaduke's speech his own employer's repudiation he felt that all his chances of clearing his character before these sneering gentlemen had suddenly vanished this is cruel and infamous he protested conscious innocence within him still striving to fight a hard battle against overwhelming odds gentlemen as i am a man of honour i swear that i do not know what all this means it means young man that you are an accursed cheat a thief a liar shouted seagrave whose last vestige of self-control suddenly vanished whilst mad frenzy once more held him in its grip i swear by god that you shall pay me for this he threw himself with all the strength of a raving maniac upon lambert who for the moment was taken unawares and yielded to the suddenness of the onslaught but it was indeed a conflict twixt town and country the simple life against nightly dissipations the forests and cliffs of thanet against the enervating atmosphere of the city after that first onrush lambert with marvellous agility and quick knowledge of a hand-to-hand -hand fight had shaken himself free of his opponent's trembling grasp it was his turn now to have the upper hand and in a trice he had with a vigorous clutch gripped his opponent by the throat in a sense his calmness had not forsaken him his mind was as quiet as clear as heretofore it was only his muscle his bodily energy in the face of a violent and undeserved attack which had ceased to be under his control man man he murmured gazing steadily into the eyes of his antagonist ye shall swallow those words or by heaven i will kill you the tumult which ensued drowned everything save itself everything even the sound of that slow and measured tramp 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 which was wafted up from the street the women shouted the men swore some ran like frightened sheep to the distant corners of the room fearful lest they be embroiled in this unpleasant fracas others crowded round seagrave and lambert trying to pacify them to drag the strong youth away from his weaker opponent almost his victim now some were for forcibly separating them others for allowing them to fight their own battles and loud-voiced arguments subsidiary quarrels mingled with the shrill cries of terror and caused a din which grew in deafening intensity degenerating into a wild orgy as glasses were knocked off the tables cards strewn about candles sent flying and spluttering upon the ground and still that measured tramp down the street growing louder more distinct a muffled halt the sound of arms 
of men moving about beneath that yawning archway and along the dark and dismal passage with its hermetically closed front door End of chapter nineteen